Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. It's time to rock and roll. Blah, blah, blah. We exercise the demons to do it. This next verse goes out to the best fantasy football podcast in the world, the AudibleFootballGuys.com. Log in online to the best in the game. Football guys better be knowing a name. They don't care about a car and a gold chain. They in the fantasy football hall of fame. Listen to this, you'll be winning your league. Listen to this, you'll be stacking the cheese. Listen to this before drafting your team. It's the Audible. Everyone's living the dream. Cecil Lammy and Bloom. Denver and Pittsburgh, they up to the moon. Waldman is watching the tape in the room and then scouting the players to give his review. Underrated is a good chopper like Gene. Bramwell is a good doctor. But I got a bad habit. I cuss when I blow. Sorry, Joe. Pop the popcorn. Pour the beer. Set your life. Up to crush your peers, pick your players, and have no fear, cause the best podcast in the world is here! Football's back, football's back, football's back, fantasy football's back. Audible, guys, back Thursday night, we got a schedule, Matt. Yeah, man. I think it was 3K on Twitter. We said, this scheduled meeting. Gee, I hope we get to play these games on these days. <laughs> but let's go. Let's just dive in for fun. Let's have fun with this because, you know, we're both really fun guys. Uh, um, week one. Did, did you see what this game that's going to open the season? No. Tell me. Hit me with it. Houston at Kansas City. Nice. Yeah. I mean, of course, they're going to add the little subplot of, you know, the whole collapse with Bill O'Brien's crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be the Bill O'Brien seeing if he can get revenge against Evan Silva. You know, if Evan Silva <laughs> thinks that, you know, Bill O'Brien's listening to him, but, or maybe he is, probably is, you know, those NFL guys, man, they, they pay more attention than you think. So maybe, sure. maybe at least it'll be a fun subplot on Twitter, even if, you know, even if we're playing pretend, you know, right. with that whole idea. Right. I mean, in the wrestling version of the NFL, Bill O'Brien is absolutely a heel, right? Yeah. But um, Deshaun Watson is kind of like his hostage, you know? Yeah, he's Deshaun kind of like Miss a good guy. He's Miss like Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. To, Miss Elizabeth, I was yeah. thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. See, there we go. Uh, we are on the wavelength tonight, man. Um, so that's a great story because De- Deshaun Watson can overcome Bill O'Brien. We saw it almost. It was against the Saints, right, this year, this past season. The Watson basically single-handedly took on the Saints and almost won. But then there's that Texans defense. Um, Sean Lander points out Ravens Steelers on Thanksgiving night. See, I like that. Saints I get the Vikings that. on Christmas. The Saints get the Vikings in New Orleans on Christmas. There's oh, a score to settle. That's a score to settle, really, now. <laughs> between Stephon Diggs and then how they left the playoffs last year. Yeah, sure. Um, so move, going down the schedule, let's just stick with week one. Because, right. again, you know, I don't want to say say a prayer because really it's going to be based on planning, cooperation, you know, thinking what, things through. What day do they have week one for? September is as, as I think this game, same as ever. Yeah, same as ever. Okay. Same as ever. okay. Um, so uh, Cleveland at Baltimore to open the season. Kevin Stefanski first game. What do you think about that? I think that um, I think that that's going to be an interesting game in the sense of, how close the the Browns can actually play the Ravens. And I think what that will come down to is how well Baker Mayfield plays. What I would love to hear, mm-hmm. just if you don't mind, is what Please. are the first four games for Cleveland so we can see whether Baker right, Mayfield has a chance to be in trouble or not. Right. Well, to, so what do you think about this? How smoothly do you think this offense is going to be installed? You know, um, like how is the transition going to go for Baker Mayfield? 
from the offense that he ran last year, from the offense that he ran the year before that, from Oklahoma to Kevin's to me. Highly structured, which we think is a good thing long term, but short term since you're talking about first four games. Yeah. I, I think the bigger thing that I'm worried about is the offensive line. And then yeah. if the offensive line gets out of whack and they can't, you know, they can't play disciplined football and, and play as a unit together. I mean, we're going to have more penalties this year probably ever in history unless we have, sure. a, a, unless we have a little bit of a run up to the season. And then the focus is, is as Russ Landy and I talked about, which would be maybe they try and keep as many of these young players as possible, but maybe not cut as many of their draft picks and just say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to give them a free year and we're just going to work with the guys that we have unless one of these, unless some of these young guys really show up well, you know, right off the bat. So for Cleveland, that means Jared Wills. Yep. You know, Jedrick Wills being a, a big deal there. But I think it's a, you know, against, against the Ravens defense. I mean, this is going to be difficult in terms of whether this team can stay disciplined. And if it can, then they can play it close because the defense is going to be decent. But, um, and I think Cleveland's defense will play fast and, and play well early. Um, and they'll have Garrett back, which will be good. Um, but I think that it's going to come down to Baker Mayfield and I just don't trust Baker Mayfield at this point. I need to see him for another six to eight games. Well, there's a lot of layers there, but certainly, um, you would think that Cleveland's defense is going to be tested, right? Like all those new linebackers, Grant Delpit, um, uh, they're going to be tested. That defense is definitely going to be tested. You mentioned the offensive line. At least you got Jack Conklin. And as you pointed out, this is a Nick Chubb offense. Just like Minnesota is a Dalvin Cook offense, this is a Nick Chubb and, to a lesser extent, Kareem Hunt offense. So Jack Conklin and Wills should help with that. Um, should be fun. Hopefully Marquise Brown has an uneventful offseason. You know, he could be fantastic. Can't wait to see Devin DuVernay. Okay, let's go down the list. The Jets at Buffalo. This was actually a thriller in week one last year. And it was when C.J. Mosley got hurt, and then the Jets just changed as a team. Buffalo didn't look like a team on the rise in that game at all. They looked pretty evenly matched. Yeah, they did, but I think this year it's going to be different. And I think the, the, the Bills have a real good chance of getting off to a hot start because that offensive line has shown cohesion. It's shown mm-hmm. some growth. And then you have, you know, Allen, who's made some strides, and and you have a two-headed running back attack that I think is going to be pretty strong in addition to that play-action game. With the receivers that they got getting Stefan Diggs is going to be helpful. Um, it's really, again, this is all comes down to also Sam Darnold, how good Sam Darnold can be right off the bat, whether this offensive line is going to be cohesive and whether or not the wide receivers that they have are going to be able to step up to the plate. You know, Brushod Perriman, <laughs> look, he got better over the past, you know, 18 months, but can he be the primary guy without? Godwin and Evans on either side of them or, you know, Javon, you know, Jarvis Landry and, you know, and Joku and, and, and folks like that. Uh, That's the big question. And of course, Devin Mims, how fast can he acclimate? Cause they need him to replace Robbie Anderson to a respect because all they really have as a proven player is either uh, coming off of an injury, um, Quincy and noon one. I'm not sure he's really even proven and he's had moments of, that are really strong. And then Jay, Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder is a slot receiver and he's not particularly an elite one. He's just a, he's a good player, but he's not an elite player. He's not going to carry this offense. So I, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be, um, this is going to be a beatdown from, you know, you will see. I mean, it yeah. would, it, it would make sense, right? Um, certainly the Bills offense with Stephon Diggs and, and Zach Moss and all that adds, you said continuity because going into the last year, the line was totally rebuilt. Um, 
And Trey Edmonds, second year. Yeah. Trey Edmonds is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the, on the Jets side, again, when they had CJ Mosley on defense, it looked like a good defense in week sure. one. So we'll see about that. You know, knock on wood, may he stay healthy. Um, otherwise, you know, the Jets actually overachieved. Greg Williams had them overachieving on defense a lot last year, especially down the stretch for a while. They were a good fantasy defense. And then, like you said, Darnold and what's throw to Jameson Crowder 15 times, you know. Frank Gore gets 10 carries. Gore with the Jets. You gotta love that. Gore and Gase. There's, not, whatever there is the affinity there, there is an affinity there. Frank Gore, if like someone could, uh, like, I'm, this is my wish, like this is mm-hmm. my Evan Silva talking at, uh, at, at O'Brien type of thing. This is my, my talking to Frank Gore thing as if like it's actually going to happen and say, Frank Gore, can you please take Kenneth Dixon under your wing and like yeah. work with him? Because that guy could be the second most talented back on the roster. Um, in terms of under 30 <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and he, this is a guy that just needs to stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, I think he still has starter talent, but he's probably not even going to make this team, you know, yeah, at the rate that his career has gone. Another one in the Matt Waldman favorite graveyard headed for the graveyard. One for yep. the grave. I don't know. We need we'll a, see. we need a junkyard, like a, an auto graveyard uh, yes. with, a, with a bunch of players and we could have a, we can, the graphics person. Yeah. We, we need could, like five ish to get on that. Yeah. Five ish do that. And we need a, we need a, uh, kind of a mangy black and white cat <laughs> with a, with a, with a thick chain around its neck, kind of guarding the behind right. the fence. Yeah. Like Perfect. eating a tire or something. Yeah. We can name him Zook. Zook. Exactly. Zook guarding the, the, the football drinker. Let me, here's a transition for you. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Did you see the Jacksonville schedule release all cat video oriented? No. It was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, awesome. It was like a minute and 20 of all these different cat clips from the internet that fit with the opponents. You know? Okay. It's really good. Were the cats beating down the opponents? Yeah, of course. Okay, in every, so in every single, go. in every single one, you know, like they play the bears and it's a clip of like when a bear goes up to sniff a cat and the cat goes bam, bam, bam. And the bear's like, Ugh. <laughs> I was just coming to shake your hand. Uh, anyway, India Jacksonville, India Jacksonville, Philip Rivers, the Indianapolis Colt quarterback debut at Jacksonville. This could be a lot of fun because Philip Rivers is just mistake prone enough to keep the, the Colts. Um, or keep the Jaguars in this game if Jaguars underachieve early. But then you look at the Jaguars and think of Gardner Minshew being made the guy. I bet he's hyped up for that. And yeah. the team probably feels good about that to an extent, even with all the turmoil. And listen, I mean, I know a lot of people wanted to see, you know, Leonard Fournette get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I know our buddy Eric Stoner, I remember we're watching a game and, you know, you watch Leonard Fournette and he seemed to be the only one that actually gave a darn towards the end of the season. Um, or one of the few players that really did, you could tell he wanted to win where the rest of this team was like ready to give up on Khan and the, and the rest of the, uh, the rest of the crew there in the front office. Um, so I, I'm glad that they kept him. I think he's a good player. And I think that, you know, against the Colts still, you can still run on the Colts to a degree, I think. And I think this is a team that could give the Colts some trouble. It's going to be a good divisional matchup and, uh, you know, the Colt, the, the Colts should win, but the Jaguars can make this close if, if Minshew can do what he's supposed to do. And then you get, you know, and that frees up Fournette a little bit because they've got some, you know, some really awesome wide receivers in that group. Yeah. The first half of the year, Minshew was, you know, spunky. The Jags were spunky. And then the second half of the year was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, yeah, well, like, they, like the, the group meetings, you know, yeah. It was Marone wanting to put, you know, 
put you know Foles in there. You know, yeah, I'm watching the re- that. Yeah, I'm watching the rerun of the wire, and there's this guy. There's this guy who's his sergeant Marimo, or did, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who kind of like screws up the the With no the, no the, inspiration the or individual thought at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Foles was Marimo in that yeah, offense. Exactly, let's wreck. Exactly. Let's wreck this team. Let's put in the guy did here. You see that Kima and um um Bubs did like an online thing, just like to no, out really, yeah, cool wire. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't see it. There's actually, I found a documentary on about Melvin Williams too, the guy that plays the church guy who was actually the Baltimore Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, in real life. Anyway. So, uh, you know, Indy, I'm excited to see Indy with Rivers. The defense with Buckner is going to be fun. Jacksonville sold off some of their best defensive pieces, Boye and, um, Calais Campbell this offseason. They may or may not be changing up their defense a little bit. I don't know. It's like you said, it looks like a blowout, but division game. I mean, it looks like a game Indy should win. But uh, you never know. Yeah. Chargers, Chargers, and the Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert era uh, go to Cincinnati. Oh, by the way, you asked about Cleveland. They play Cincinnati and Washington in weeks two and three. So yeah. there's some momentum. There's a chance for some momentum. Yeah. Um, new age dawning. The Borough Age. Chargers at Bengals. Yeah, that could be fun. And I think that it's a it's a situation where Burrow gets a taste of you know a, a pretty good group of bookend pass rushers. Um, so Jonah Williams too. Welcome to the NFL, Jonah Williams. True. So you're going to get a chance for him to, to see how good he really is going to be in the pocket against a, a three, four defense that has some, you know, has some nice players, um, who can get pressure. Um, you know, the, and we should have a healthy secondary for the chargers, which also is going to be good Mm -hmm. to see whether Burrow can be tested and his arm is going to be enough to, to make some of the throws without, you know, they're all pro caliber safety being able to come back there and, and be able to take some of those passes away. So I would actually anticipate this being a closer game mm-hmm. um, and and being a, probably one of the more fun games of the week just because of the fact that, um, you know, I think that the Chargers can come get out to a lead, but I just don't know how much their offense is going to be able to maintain that lead. Yeah. And, and because DJ Reader and Geno Atkins together – Mm-hmm. You know, and with some mm-hmm. smart young linebackers, they might get mm-hmm. fooled a bit and the run game might be able to open some creases and do some things. But I think this is going to be a tight ball game because it's going to be one of those like 17, 14 games where, where right. like Burrow comes back at the end and makes it close, but we don't know. Just like Kyler Murray off. against the Detroit last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like send that game to overtime. I was yeah. actually in, in the Phoenix airport for that overtime. It was fun. Um, lots of people got on the plane and they were going to, like, the cars were going to be blown out. And then they landed on the plane, looked at the TVs and saw that it was overtime. I'm like, what? Um, Chargers, you know, th- this game is, this team is built for 17, 14 games now, right? I mean, that's, and I also look at that game. The first thing that I think about, Matt, is Kenneth Murray, you know, against a team that's probably going to spread the field out and throw a lot. And let's see. I mean, I have no idea how he's going to do against that. I certainly, as an offensive coordinator, like Brian Callahan, would be drawing up place to isolate him in pass coverage. And Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow in NFL setting. It's going to be fun with A.J. Green, knock on wood. Did he say healthy? Real quick as an aside for this, because we're doing rankings now. And you did upside projections. I mean, not projections, upside tags. It's cool because you put on that lens and we start, you know, we're preparing for the season, just like the schedule coming out. Sure. Um, and people are putting together rankings. How much, if at all, Matt, do you think we should weigh the possibility of a holdout into Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard's draft you know, ranking value. Um, 
I think we should probably wait, you know, I mean, early, you probably do it now. I mean, you probably weigh it fairly heavy and then you just keep going as like, you go. Like, would you move Joe Mixon down a spot or two in your rankings because of it or move I'm, Bernard up? I would move. Yeah, I'd absolutely. Actually, I'd move Joe Mixon down several spots in my rankings, keep Bernard where he is. And I'd start looking at to see whether Rodney Anderson's healthy yeah, enough, right, right. Um, you know, and move him up at least out of the basement. He's still, he still might be in the subfloor of my house, but like right. he's at least outside, of, you know, I don't know. He's, he's certainly some, he's not underground. Let's put it that way. Right. What I'm getting from you is you're taking it seriously. Like you're saying, I, you know, I don't know, five, 10% chance, like not an insignificant infinitesimal chance that Mixon holds out. Yeah. Because he's young. He knows he's good. And, Again, he's young, which means he's probably immature, which, <laughs> which likely means that he's probably listening to his agent either, you know, he's either not listening to his agent as he should, or he's listening too much and doesn't know how, you know, who he should be trusting. So it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, maybe that or he's trying to force his way out of Cincinnati thinking that if he can do this, maybe he can get his way out because he knows that this organization has had a bad history and maybe well, right. he feels that way. On some level, he probably knows, but there's always the franchise tag and so on. Okay, turn the page. Turn the page. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. I hope you out there are, too. And, of course, I hope you are, Matt. I don't ever want to bore you. But the NFL week one schedule shouldn't. Green Bay. Green Bay. And Right, right. I mean, the first Green Bay game after that. And it should be interesting. Look, I would love to watch this game just through the lens of, will Adam, Aaron Rodgers make more plays in structure? Like, will he be – I mean, come on. I don't think it takes a, a detective to see that Aaron Rodgers wants – Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback that Matt LaFleur wants. He wants Kirk Cousins. He wants, you know, he wants a play, quarterback who's just going to play in structure. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And what he's an Kirk Cousins. What's that? <laughs> what an idiot. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but there are th- throws that – Rodgers just isn't taking. That's just what he's doing, and it must be driving the ball. So, and he plays again. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota, uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. You know, I, this is just one of those situations where, again, divisional game. It's fun that they're having some divisional games early. Um, that's always a positive, and we've already talked about three. You know, two of them already um, from this perspective, and. And, you know, obviously this is Aaron Rodgers' team for the next two years. They've already said that they think Jordan Love is probably going to sit for a couple of years. Um, now we've heard that before and then teams get excited and, and something happens, but I don't think that is remotely the case here with Green Bay's case. And if, you know, when I say Matt LaFleur is an idiot for that, I mean, <laughs> listen, um, you know, it was, I don't think it was LaFleur, LaFleur that wanted Love. I think it was Gudenkist who actually wanted LaFleur, yeah. you know, so. So LaFleur probably just wants the structure and wants Aaron Rodgers to do his job, which isn't idiotic at all. You know, right. it's just he wants, you know, but maybe he just doesn't know how to go about it from a personality leadership sure. standpoint to jibe with Rodgers in a way that somebody else would. And that's not idiotic. That's hard to do sometimes. You know, some people have great strategies, but they suck at leadership. And most people do. I mean, that's why so many companies are the way they are. Is because we hire people based on their intellect, but not on their wisdom. So, you know, it's, this could be one of those deals, but I think Green Bay, it's going to come down to the receivers. How good the receivers can mm-hmm. be, you know, Devin Funches being added. I mean, that tells me that you're, you're, you're going for a layup here. You're not really going for, 
the slam dunk type of pick when you right. when you add Devin Funches, who's who's the you know the Dante Moncrief of the NFC, I guess, or you know the kind of guy that like every every team seems to be positive about, but you know never really comes through on that high level. I remember I said I had like a don't draft list. We right. can add Dante Moncrief was the poster child of that. Mm-hmm. Devin Devin Funches is certainly the um is the understudy to the poster child at this point for for that type yeah. of pick. So, you know, Alan Lazard will probably outplay him there. But, I, again, you look at this team, and I just think that Minnesota's going up. The Packers are heading, you know, either in neutral or heading down unless they can get just dynamic play out of one of their receivers like Marcus Valdez-Scantling or Alan Lazard. Or, you know, they wake up and go, you know what, that – that guy, Jake Kumaro, that just keeps to be hanging around. Maybe we should actually let him be a player and not just tag him as a backup for, for reasons that, you know, I don't know, just stupid reasons overall. So, um, you know, I don't think this is going to be a close game. I actually think that Minnesota, um, could, could basically blow the Packers out of the water. But again, it's a division game and it's the first week and Kirk Cousins might decide to like, you know, I don't know, waddle back with the football in a, in a crazy situation like he's done in the past and do something, um, hilariously, you know, off the wall that will be on Twitter for ages, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Minnesota got Justin Jefferson debut, got, uh, breaking in some new players on defense, whole new cornerback group, Jeff Gladney, first round pick. Uh, I like, I, I feel some vitriol coming from you. I like your flow, Matt. When you were talking about Green Bay, I was frustrated. And it, I mean, you're right to say that it might really just be that Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers doesn't want anyone else to take his controller and be in control. He wants to hold his controller. And that's just how he's going to play the game. He's one of the best ever to play the game at the position. And, and who's going to tell him not to do that? But Matt LaFleur, the way he conceives of football is, I want to have a controller on the quarterback. I want to be able and it's almost yeah. like good good acoust not getting wide receivers is this assertion like it's not your personnel that's the problem it's you yeah, yeah. and and here's the thing i mean again i'm just being unfiltered tonight so yeah. the way i look at it is like this i mean i'll just i'll put it this way and that you know certainly i have all the respect in the world for a lot of these people <laughs> who have retained what they've done um but if i'm just talking like i was at a bar i just say that you know aaron rodgers is acting like an immature idiot right now, right. you know, because he wants to do things his way or the highway and it hasn't worked. When's the last time you've been to the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers? Right. And how many times have you had chances for that to happen? Maybe there's, maybe you should listen to somebody, but at the same time, if they're going to bring in a guy like Matt LaFleur, who maybe just isn't quite experienced enough to be able to handle a superstar quarterback because he's never had that opportunity. Right. Maybe they made the wrong pick in the coach exactly. Exactly. to be able to do that job because if Andy Reid came in there, and said, Aaron, we need you to do right. this. Right. You right. bet right. your it's respect hind parts that you, yeah. earn, you earn the respect. You yeah, it's, it, it, yes. And I think that that's the thing that you have to recognize because you see how other um, the, the superstar quarterbacks are are being treated at this late end of the part Let of their career. Be, he's good enough. He's good enough that if you if you can just nudge him in the right, right direction with just small things to change. Right. Don't make him seem like he's awful and he has to reinvent the wheel. I mean, just right. do small things and, and, and give a little bit to make him work. 
you're going to look like a much more of a genius, Matt LaFleur, if you actually do an offense that's geared towards Aaron Rodgers yes. rather than force Aaron Rodgers to be in your offense. Yes. It's just yes. like yes. you're making the same mistake that countless head coaches right. who are now TV analysts have made. Right. Or people in marriages end up divorced, you know. True. I mean, you just have to be like, what do you like to do? What are you, what, what concepts? What, how, how do you see the field? Yeah. You know, what yeah. makes sense to you? How do you read the field? Let's, let's talk about that. What, what, what are your favorite routes to have different guys? On the Except team? the person for who they are, yeah. flaws and not, and, right. and work with that as opposed to, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be agreeable to everything and then change everything like right, late right. in the, so in this the is game. Good. That ain't going to work. This is a great transition. I'm just reading these in order. By the way, I put these are in, these are in order, I think, by like the time slot. Although I don't know why they're, what the order is other than that, right? Speaking yeah. of accepting people who they are and so on. Um, we've got also the whole NFC North squares off. Chicago, Nick Foles <laughs> goes to Detroit. Jimmy Graham. All yeah, right. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Detroit and Matt Patricia and DeAndre Swift. We're going to run the ball. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, every time I think of Chicago, I get, I start, trying to limit hysterical laughter at this stage and it stinks because they're such a great organization historically. But when I think of Ryan Pace drafting Mitchell Trubisky and then I think of the face Mitchell Trubisky makes, he always looks like that kid in like, um, uh, the sixth sense who plays the Tommy Tomasino. If you remember Mm -hmm. who he is, he's the kid who plays the actor and Mm -hmm. he's, and he's always like posing and stuff. He, he kind of reminds me of this little kid. So anyway, he's, Trubisky just looks like a kid who's pouting every time like something goes wrong, you know, and it goes wrong a lot. And you you look at Pace drafting him thinking he's going to be our next Drew Brees. And then they add Jimmy Graham. And that's when I just start breaking out into laughter because as much as I love Jimmy Graham's career, he's, he's done, you know, and they had like 10 tight ends on the roster at some point and they, then they added another, you know, let's, let's not be patient with Adam Shaheen, Ben Broniker. If you're talking about a junkyard for like, Tight ends who who weren't quite good enough to be starters in the way that they hoped. Chicago would be that one, but the, I don't know. I just I hear the Three Stooges theme music when I think of the Chicago Bears right now, and when you think about Detroit, I mean, I think Detroit's heading in the right direction with what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to execute. It's like they're a little cur- they you, you kind of wonder if they're a little cursed, you know, the way mm. the things have have worked out. I mean, you get. Matt Stafford, you know, right. break bones in his back, all this kind of stuff. But he's got tight coverage. He's got receivers who'll catch the ball in tight coverage. I mean, Marvin Jones a couple of years ago was the best in the league at it. You know, Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay can do it. Quintez Cephas basically feasted on Big Ten corners doing it that way. Um, and then you have a loaded backfield. I mean, even Bo Scarborough can get the job done between the tackles if you need him to. So their backfield is good enough especially with carry on Johnson still leading the way and Swift is kind of a back, you know, kind of a, a compliment back at this stage. You you've got some things there, a young offensive line, Hawkinson, if he gets it yep. together, you've got a superstar potential tight end right there. And this defense, I mean, up front, they need some work um, for sure, but they, ha- they've had a decent secondary. They added Marcus Trufant and there's a guy who, mm. you know, writes for the recaps of the Falcons He's, he's kind of that guy who gets it done, but sometimes he gets it done in unconventional ways, meaning he doesn't have great technique. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how much he gets exposed in a different division, um, as, as a result of that. But I think he'll be, 
he'll, I think he'll be decent. He just won't be Darius Slay. Um, you, you know, he's not going right. to be. They got Jeff Okuda. He could be Darius they, Slay. They, he very well could be Darius Slay. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. But I mm-hmm. think Detroit is the, I think Detroit's the clear winner here. I don't see, I don't, you know, uh, the, it's really about whether or not Matt Stafford can fit the ball in. The receivers are going to make the catches and not make mistakes due to that Chicago defense. It's really yeah. the, the Lions offense versus Chicago defense. Yeah, Chicago defense. That I mean, that when they're forward, front forward in the game, in the flow of the game, that's the good games for the Bears. And then Foles not losing it, basically. Uh, and hopefully getting a little more, harnessing a little more of Al Robinson and Anthony Miller's talent. We'll see about David Montgomery. Mm. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, uh, and with, on the Detroit side, like you talked about, I mean, the, the whole Slade to Okuda thing is there. Matthew Stafford's good. I think people might have forgotten that Matthew Stafford's good. TJ Hawkinson. Been, so yeah. I've been holding know. the torch for Matt Stafford for years now, yes, man. Yes. He, he, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, 2011, the year that didn't have an offseason was his career year. And it was a great year for Detroit. I'm going to go on the soapbox here now since you've been opening up the unfiltered. And I think I've already hinted at this a few times, but I look at Chicago and I get it. I get it. Okay. Like, well, we want to have Nick Foles knows the offense, right? Nick Foles and Nagy have worked together and no off season. And, you know, Foles is going to be able, I mean, they really went after Foles. They could have, they, I think they went after Foles before Teddy was signed. I mean, they traded a fourth round pick for him. You know what I mean? Like they really zeroed in on Foles. What this team screamed out for was signing Cam Newton. Just It just screamed out for it. And this just comes into a larger thing, Matt, where, I mean, I get it. Oh, is Newton healthy or not? Teams don't know. Like This is reminding me of, like, the Culpepper Breeze offseason, right? Like, how healthy. Like, there's these quarterbacks that are both, well, Breeze wasn't actually held in that high regard at that point, but he was still True. at least a starting quarterback. And Culpepper was certainly held in high regard, but they both had had pretty serious injuries the year before and what was going to happen. But the point was that, you know, at that point in time, two different franchises said, we're willing to turn our franchise over to this quarterback. Um, you know, the saints have been forever changed for it. Um, Dolphins, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, how has a team not looked at what Cam Newton's body of work is and say, we're willing to do that this off season. How is that possible? I think there's more to it. I really think some of the stuff that we hear people say that sometimes is just, I don't know, ignorant for a better word that might, it might be kind of how he's viewed around the league. I don't know. I mean, I guess Ron Rivera still holds him in high regard. I'm just flabbergasted, Matt, that a quarterback with Newton's resume can just be allowed, just sit out there on the market. Like now he's saying he's going to accept being a backup. And to that, I said, Mike Tomlin, make your pitch. Go to man to man, you know? And say Ben Roethlisberger's gonna be here forever. We're we're cool, you know. Like I see you for who you, I see you for who you are, and I accept you for who you are. And we think we think you would be the next great quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, just come and hang out with us for a few years, and it'll be yours. I don't know. I love that idea, and I'm you know, and I'm saying that totally as someone who likes to root against the Steelers. Yeah. Even so, I just in theory, I would love the idea of Cam Newton being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, in terms of just trying to take away my fandom from that standpoint, I, you know, the Nick Foles thing to me, again, it's just a, it's just an overly safe pick that turns out to be too dangerous. Right. If anything, I mean, the Jaguars probably feel like you mean we're going to, you're going to evict those tenants who aren't paying rent, 
who who are like damaging our 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 house and like screwing up the plumbing and like not cutting their yard and you're going to take them off our hands you're right. going to do that for us really and you're going to give us a you're going to allow us to you know have the tenant that we want in there <laughs> sure please can we can we do that immediately cuz i you know everyone wants to talk about nick Foles winning a super bowl and that's all fine and well trent dilfer won a super bowl sure. you know eli manning won a super bowl and right. and i mean those guys yeah I mean, again, they're, they're okay quarterbacks, but they're not guys you're going to pay, you know, that kind of money to, yeah, or to just bring say, in and do that type of. Well, and, and Pace and Nagy are kind of saying, you're our hope to save our jobs at this point, honestly, if, if the, if the Bears are being rational about the direction of the franchise. Okay. Bye-bye. Transition. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I think. Too. That's what yeah. I think too. That's why, um, I, I asked Matt Harmon, our mutual friend, who he wants Allen Robinson to sign with in free agency next year. Other than a bunch of people said they'll tag him. Yeah, they probably will. Anyway, transition time from Cam Newton uh, to his old team. Um, The Las Vegas Raiders. Get used to saying that. Go to Carolina. Matt Rule. I don't know what we would call that, you know. Uh, It could be a snappy nickname for that, I'm sure. But do the Raiders get a chance to get off to a nice start here? They do. Um, They do. But at the same time, it comes down to... You know, when you look at Carolina, you know, they're getting a lot quicker up front. Um, so they're trying to be more explosive up front. And I think that they have a chance to do that. Um, the linebacker core without Luke Keekly, that's going to be a that's big, a big deal. Fill, you know, that's, you're, yeah. that's, this is where I'm going with this. Okay. I'll yeah. go with Carolina's defense is just being like leveled. You yeah. know, Carolina's yeah. defense is like one of those buildings that you go past and it's just like all the, the, you know, uh, whatever like the the steel and and you know the the it's the been concrete. stripped of the copper wire of yeah. the copper piping and <laughs> exactly and, and all the like aluminum and, i mean it's not ready yeah. to be lived in yet you know yeah. and they have to face the raiders have a good offensive line the raiders will execute well on offense i mean i'm not saying i'm fun i'm i think it's gonna be fun to see what teddy and company do with this offense i think they're gonna come out kind of aggressive come out firing but you just look at this the back of this defense um you know it's you trade just, Boston. Go ahead. You, you know, in, in the seventies, we did this all the time against truck. You know, with trucks yeah. out in the car because yeah, yeah, the, totally. the truck, you know, truck blow its horn. Well, that's what Josh Jacobs is going to be doing in the end sure. zone, probably in this game, an right. awful lot. Um, yeah. So, like you said, Panthers front four. That's interesting. Good. Brian Burns and um, Quan Short, uh, Derek Brown, of course, the first round pick. Um, they got past them. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, exactly. Without Keekley, it's just a, it's just. I mean. Ugh. So it's like the defense needs a heart transplant, basically, uh, without Geekly, uh Raiders. And it's funny that you mentioned that, too, about trying to get the, the trucks, the 18-wheelers, go, uh-uh. Because um, another thing that occurs to me, Matt, that I'm sure you'll say nod along, because we're old dudes just reminiscing. Soon we'll just change the Thursday Night Show to old dudes reminiscing. That's what this is. <laughs> but like, I'm sad that kids now don't get the experience of talking on a CB radio. You oh, know? that's true. There you go. It was so much fun, like to get on the CB and like see who you would pick up out there, and you know have your CB handle and yeah, just a, and a whole different wavelength. That was just a it was a mystery to be able to communicate with that many people. You yeah. know, now it's like it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Too true. Too true. So you know, Vegas at uh, Carolina. Here's a fun one. Again, keeping with the divisional. Not only does the NFC North match up with the division totally so does the afc east the last time we saw ryan fitzpatrick and the miami dolphins they landed the shot 
that blew open the hole that allowed Tennessee to blow up the Death Star. And indeed, the Death Star is in pieces and the Ewoks are celebrating and all that other good stuff. They're going to the Jarrett Stidham, Bill Belichick, New England Patriots week one. Get out your popcorn. Oh, without a doubt for that. And I think Miami wins this game too. Um, I think this is a, I think this is a, you know, you look at Matt Breda, he'll be healthy. That trade was an awesome trade to pair him with, with Jordan Howard. Those are two really under unsung backs and they're, a, they're kind of like the, they're the most underrated thunder and lightning combo of running backs in the league. Preston Williams, if he's healthy enough mm-hmm. and, and if Devontae Parker, if somebody just begs Devontae Parker to keep doing what he did all Parker season against last Gilmore. Year. You remember yes. what Parker was doing to Gilmore, who was coming he was like NFL player of the year, NFL yeah. player of the year level player coming to that game. Yeah. And Parker just took his lunch money over and over again. Yeah. And so we have that with you know two two receivers who are capable of being able to do that against the top corner. Um you have two strong running backs. Mike Gasecki, I mean, you know, whatever you want to think about him, he's actually getting some good work up the seam. Um, and if they can, you know, and you have some athletic guys in the secondary, and mm-hmm. this is against an inexperienced quarterback. Right. Byron the, Jones and Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard against Nikhil Harry and, um, and, and probably Jeff Thomas at this point, you know, <laughs> maybe who I think might be the, good. the most talented receiver. Yeah, he's the most, I said he was the most dynamic receiver on the roster. Yeah. I think he is too, to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was everything KJ Hamler is except with, yep. uh, with a worse character issues. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll bring Mark Richt and Manny Diaz up to fire him up, exactly. when, you know, but anyway, seriously, they, um, you know, this game kind of is going to come down to Sony Michelle and the ground game, whether it's Michelle, James White, and, uh, and probably Damian, you know, Harris. If Maybe. any of those three guys, if any of those guys can be, uh, decent enough to be able to run on Miami's front and they can keep that going and Stidham can just make smart plays. And really he probably can make smart plays. Can his receivers make smart plays? If they can do the job. Then I think that, that you've got something here, but it's going to be, I think this is going to be a game that's either going to be a close win by the Dolphins or a blowout by the Dolphins, but I don't think it's going to be the Patriots at all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, well, because the New England defense that was controlling games in the first half of the year last year isn't the same New England defense. They don't have Jamie yeah. Collins. They don't have Kyle Van Noy. Um, and the offense is just going to be, I, I mean, I mean, Stidham the might worst de- offense in the league, probably. Stidham, think. yeah. I mean, Stidham can develop. I'm sure that there's a chance that he can develop and be good. But it's like, what have they done with wide receivers? I mean, again, yeah. I say this every year. Yeah, right. Every year, it's like, who's who's the outside receiver? I don't know because yeah. Nikhil Harry's a slot. Jeff Thomas is a slot. Julian Edelman's a slot. Who's not a slot Kobe receiver? Kobe Myers is, is a, a slot. slot. Yeah, all of them are slot receivers. It's like someone just like. At, it's like they have like I have this like preamp, and it's like if the preamp were like set to drafting players, that would just be stuck on slot. Like Bill Belichick took tape and literally just put tape over it over the slot mm-hmm. lever, and it's like yeah. stuck there. I don't know what they're doing with that. Right, first uh, post Brady era Belichick game in Miami. Um, it's gonna be good. Staying within the theme of division matchups, and we've seen this one week one a couple of years, most memorably whenever Michael Vick just embarrassed Washington. I mean, just flat out embarrassed them. Last year, Case Keenum and Terry McLaurin kept them in the game. In fact, like got out to a lead. Philly going to Washington. That should be a fun game, just because 
you know, the offensive line, this is the first chance often, or maybe the only chance that the, off, the Washington offensive line will stay healthy based on what <laughs> yeah, they've right. done over the past several years. They have a talented line, even without Trent Williams. They have some talent mm-hmm. there, but they, they always seem to get banged up. But it's fun to be able to watch like Adrian Peterson and, and maybe sure. some Antonio Gibson and, and Darius guys who Doug right. Williams came out and said this offseason, he's like that kid you got to put a leash on. Mm-hmm. Like literally said, he goes, I like him. He's a fun kid, but you've got to kind of put a leash on him when you take him out places. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's great. So Darius Geis basically trade Darius Geis if you're in a dynasty league and no one else has heard this because you might as well recruit what you can from him. He's an ultra talented running back, but obviously he's a knucklehead because yeah. this is, you know, they drafted Antonio Gibson. They added Peyton Barber. Right. And they have, st- and they still have Adrian Peterson. That right. tells me they don't trust Darius Geis a lick. So, sure. you know, he might get it. He might have a good week in the first couple of weeks and then they try to trade his behind so they don't have to deal with them. And, but against the Eagles, I mean, listen, I mean, they have a decent op- defensive front. Um, you know, they have some makings of being able to have a pass rush. Darius Lee against Terry McLaurin. Yes, that should be fun. Um, but then you still have the fact that, you know, you're going to have Jalen Rager. You're going to have mm-hmm. a, a healthy Alshon Jeffrey, at least for three quarters. I don't know, maybe longer, hopefully will be. They have enough talent there, especially with their tight ends and the matchup with their tight ends against Washington secondary. I think exactly will be too much for them and the, the, the Eagles do it this time. Washington's defense is going to be a fascinating watch every week, Matt, because their defensive line might be the best in the whole league, but the back seven of the defense is just going to be like, I mean, and yeah. and if you just can find ways to test them, and like you said with Philly, I mean, the last time we saw Philly's offense, it was a punchline, and yet they still won the division. They're yeah. the real punchlines, Dallas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darius so, lays like duct tape put across the secondary, yeah, and it's like holding, but you can see everything rattling, you know, we'll like see. you're on a plane, and they're they're they've duct taped the the cabin together. Malcolm you know? Jenkins is gone too. Malcolm Jenkins is in New Orleans now. Yeah, um, so you know we'll see Philly and the linebackers. Like name a Philly linebacker. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Seattle at, at Atlanta. Seattle at Atlanta. There's the first game. If you want to recap, I'm not trying to put you on the spot and ask you right now either. But anyway, Seattle at Atlanta. That might be one of the best games of the week, actually, when you think about it, because you know Atlanta certainly has the passing game. Seattle can throw when they're nudged to. Um, when Russell, you know, it's like oh. Russell Wilson's like the modern John Elway with, you know, Dan Reeves being played by a more colorful personality and Pete Carroll. Um, three, you know, three quarters of running and then like, Oh, shoot. Let's, let's put Russell Wilson back into the game here. Um, but seriously, this is a game that could go back and forth. I think both teams want to run the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Seattle's going to have more success, I think, than Atlanta might. But then again, with Seattle's defense, yeah. um, you know, some of the, some bad. of the losses that they had. Todd Gurley might get off to a good start. Yep. And so yep. this could be, this could be fun. Um, and then of course, I mean, with the secondary, you're, I think that Atlanta, to me, this is the game where Atlanta's the better team. Russell Wilson's the best player. Right. So what you end up having is Russell Wilson against a good team. And often that means it's a, it's a close game and it comes down to the wire. Yep. Um, and if somebody else happens to help out Seattle, they might win this game. Um, so yeah, this is David versus Goliath like it is every week. Yeah. Well, wasn't there a famous playoff game between these two with, uh, Russell Wilson and, yeah, and they, yeah. I mean, it was, it was in some ways, I mean, Atlanta pulled out the win, 
but yeah. Russell Wilson like all but brought them back. Twenty-seven seven. The score is twenty-seven seven Falcons going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And uh, they actually went ahead with thirty-one seconds left. Twenty-eight yeah. twenty-seven. And uh well, I don't remember what it was that set up the Matt Bryant field goal, but so you know. Yeah, that's Russell Wilson. That's the story of Russell Wilson right there. Where that was, was when that, he was born. It? That was really when he was born, I think, in that game. Um, like, like took yeah, because that was his well. rookie year. That was yeah. his rookie. Yeah. Year. yeah, it was his rookie year after he after they whipped Washington and Washington. Well, no, after Robert Griffin III's career, like you saw Robert well, Griffin III's soul jump out of his body. That's what happened in that game. I, I tried. To, I tried revisionist history there. I mean, it that's worked okay. in America, right? So I figured it could work. Okay. Anyway, <sighs> there we go. All, they're doing it on the fly. Unfiltered right today. There we Unf- go. All always right. unfiltered. All right. Always unfiltered. <laughs> Felix Sharp says Davis Brown's a good player. He is a good player, and we'll see if Jim Schwartz can get something out of him. You're right. right. You're yeah. right. I, I I shouldn't scoff. Um, Seattle at Atlanta. So you know we'll see. Seattle's run defense could, could be really bad. So you're right. It could. I'm thinking Todd Gurley DFS. When I see that, um, you said the good games on the better games of the week. How about this? How about this? New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, that's going to be fun. I mean, I, I listen. I just I can't wait to see all this twelve personnel being run with Gronkowski and Howard, mm-hmm. and then them open it up to an empty set with those four, you know, four receivers out there. This is going to be a lot of fun. And and then when you look at what New Orleans is capable of doing in there at home. Oh, I, I think no, what at you're Tampa. Gonna, at oh, Tampa. It's at Tampa. Oh, it's at Tampa. Woo! Tampa could win this game then yeah. because we know with Breeze outdoors, that's always the energy. A bit well, of a I don't know thing. if there'll be a crowd there, but you know, yeah, energy in the city. Well, you know, they'll shoot the cannon a lot. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. The props we, are still allowed to. Yeah, what that's a game! Right. What a game to launch the Tom Brady era. What a game. Um, I don't even sure what else to say. New Orleans is going to be the basically the same New Orleans team you saw last time out. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is a big boost. Yes, to that team. that's true. That's, that's actually true. a massive boost because he actually made Jimmy Garoppolo look like a a, a yes. near Pro Bowl court yes. caliber quarterback. Which again, this is going to be fun to see whether Kyle Shanahan with his mark on the team, whether or not he can. You know, not having a wide receiver, whether or not they can actually be a passing offense this year. Um, but they took Emmanuel Sanders, who is. Man, he's a raging mad wide receiver who just yeah. doesn't feel like he's gotten his due. And with Drew Brees, he's going to go out on a good note if he can stay healthy. I mean, this is going to be an insanely good passing offense with him and Drew Brees. I would yeah. watch Drew Brees this year. Well, big time. I mean, the last time we saw Emmanuel Sanders, he was wide open to take the lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and Garoppolo missed him. Yeah, he can he can still play. He was about to make the biggest play of his career and and get another ring maybe on well, it, and well, Garoppolo he, couldn't execute. He made a good hop to another team that has a chance to win it yeah. because, yeah. boy, that's somebody who know you know for someone Wasn't who felt like he was Winston's stuck in head Denver. Too? Don't you think that was in the back of Winston's head, like the idea of getting a ring with this with these with these guys? Yeah, of course it was. It had to be, and also. Probably he's had enough conversations with Drew Brees, probably being, you know, being guys who played in the same division that mm-hmm. felt like that this would be a good opportunity for him to, to learn some things or for them to be able to, to work with him on a level and, and that he felt like he'd get a fair shake. So I, you know, I, whatever you think about Winston, the player and his opportunities to really grow and develop, you know, this gives him a fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Emmanuel it, it, Sanders and Michael Thomas. Yeah. yeah. And Jared Cook and Alvin and, Kamara. Yeah. A healthy Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, staying with the theme of good games. Arizona at San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Remember, these teams played each other close last year. Yeah, they really did. And then you add in the fact that you're going to have, you know, a healthy full complement of receivers. You Nuke. Get the, you get Nuke Hopkins, who's going to beat the hell out of any San Francisco cornerback in terms of just, like, mugging them. And, you know, he's like – DeAndre Hopkins is like – I don't know how to put this without – I don't want it to – I'll put it this way. He's like, he has a, he has a bully mentality as a, as a receiver that I admire greatly. Um, and he knows how to play within the gray area of the rules better than any receiver in the league. Like he, I bet he studies refs and knows which refs let him do what and know, and studies what he can get away with early. And if they let him do it, then he's off to the races. And I think he is going to completely beat the crap out of the NFC West in the, for that first year, just like completely maul defensive backs. And then Richard you, Sherman against DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins week one. Yeah. And Garoppolo, I mean, Garoppolo, I, I've mm. made fun of Garoppolo in the past, but he's done some decent work in the pocket. He's still up and down with it. And at key moments, you still worry. So if this game gets close right. and you get those bookends of Chandler Jones and um, Chase on, you know, coming after him, we might see him have to look to the sideline for, you know, for a packet of Pampers, you know, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is going to be a close game, I think. It, by the way, Chase on's in um, Jacksonville. But oh, the, Jason. Isaiah, Isaiah Not, Simmons. Isaiah that's Simmons who I was thinking. Simmons. That's who I was Isaiah thinking. Simmons I'm thinking about a mock draft. Yeah, I'd rather have you. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> they, got Simmons. Deandre, they also got um, Devon Kennard, Devontre Campbell. Um, and Kennard can pass rush. Yeah. yeah, and they're not going to be without Peterson to start the season like they were last year. So um, yeah, they got that's, go ahead. That's going to be fun. Oh, it's just going to be fun. That's, yeah. a, that's a fun and, matchup. No, and imagine not. this. Imagine this. You've got. I mean, you've got. You've got Fitzgerald. You've got. Um, you know, Fitzgerald still plays pretty well for an old man, sixteenth year, and then you yeah. have you have Hopkins. But what if Hakeem um, Butler actually yeah. starts to show up in this particular offense? And you have that, those kinds of options because he still might be one of their, I mean, to say that he's the third, um, third best contested ball catcher on that team. Sure. Is still saying something considering the two that well, are ahead of him. Let's put it this way. I mean, Isabella and Butler are both going to be interesting players because if now that you add DeAndre Hopkins, you make a big leap forward to the true conception of this offense, right? Because yeah. you have Hopkins and Fitzgerald who can just beat their guy one on one, and you have Kirk who can run inside, outside, you know, can get, has some downfield speed. But what you really want to do is have these four and five wide receiver sets, right? right? Where you have Andy Isabella on someone who can't run with him, or you have Hakeem Butler on someone who can't jump with him or run with him, because Butler's got that glide, that long stride glide, and if and now you're facing them against third and fourth cornerbacks, that's how you win games. Yep. Yeah, um, so that's fun. But I want to just put this out there into the universe. Um, and I want to make sure we get through that we have three more games to get through because it's making a nice, elegant show. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, and this, I'm going to go down Narrative Street. Come and take a walk on Narrative Street. <laughs> Look, Are there potholes strewn on this one? Always. It's okay. New Orleans Street. I live in New Orleans. Okay. Um, so the last time we saw Jimmy Garoppolo, again, I bring it up, it's Emmanuel Sanders. What did we hear all offseason? San Francisco might go. I mean, Kyle Shanahan didn't even try to save uh, Garoppolo's feelings. He's like, yeah, we thought about Tom Brady, you know, 
there is, when Derek, Kirk Cousins got signed, it was like, well, there's the dream of Kirk Cousins for Kyle Shanahan gone. Um, I mean, it's out there that this team that Kyle Shanahan might feel like he could do better than Jimmy Garoppolo. The last time we saw Jimmy Garoppolo, you were left with this feeling of the only reason San Francisco lost the game was because of Garoppolo, you know, that when he needed to do something, it was clear. And it was one of those feelings, Matt, almost like watching the Bears. And I know Garoppolo had some good games. I know Garoppolo had the great game against the Saints here in New Orleans and so on. But at that moment, you could feel it slipping away. Everybody watching that game could feel it slipping away. And you did not have confidence that Garoppolo was going to grab it as it was slipping away. And the whole offseason to think about it. And we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm just saying, like, psychologically, quarterbacks are just behind kickers in this way that they can be doing it. And then once they lose their stride, lose their mojo, it's hard to get it back sometimes. I don't know. I'm just going to be watching that this year because that has been out there all offseason. Okay, Sunday Night Football. Go ahead. You want to say anything to that? Well, I'm, I, you know, seriously, I think you, I think there's some there's something to be said about that. But if I'm going to invoke Cecil Lammy because we miss yeah. you, Cecil, then I would then I if I were going to do my best Cecil Lammy imitation, I would say, oh, Garoppolo's not going to really be a big deal with this. He's not even thinking about it. He's looking on Pornhub for his uh, next date. Right, 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 right. <laughs> It's like Cecil's here. I'm gonna <laughs> cry. I'm gonna cry. That's great. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo is so handsome that he probably shouldn't care. Yes. Okay. Sunday night football. Your your track meet Dallas Cowboys at your one time track meet Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, this could still be a good one if Sean McVay figures out to make adjustments a little bit sooner. And if he's learned that lesson, <laughs> he's going to make the adjustments on defense now, don't you know? Uh, maybe. Hey, listen, if he can make adjustments sooner and he's, and he does that well and he's not as stubborn about it, this team can still be good. It's not like, you know, so, you know, we can say all we want, but there's still a lot of talent on that offense. There's still some big playmakers on defense. Um, it, it's the, it's the abilities there. It's just got to be cohesive. That said, that's going to be a real litmus test for how prepared they are to begin the year um, because the Cowboys, I think, are going to be ready. Yeah. And the Cowboys are going to be massively ready. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Mike McCarthy, true. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get you pumped up about that. Uh, well, I mean, listen, give him I'm the joking. Seat. Yeah, but, I mean, listen, he's a, he's a great – He's a great co-pilot. And so we'll, you know, we'll, we have the airplane co-pilot thing that worked out last time. He certainly is that, but this team, shoot, you know, Dak Prescott with, you know, 5,000 yards, you know, th- throwing what 5,000 yards last year and mm-hmm. close to it. I, I just think this team is ready to yeah. go offensively. The defense has some promise, has some moments and against the, against the Rams. I mean, if the Ram, I don't think this Rams unit is going to be that cohesive because again, no. The offensive line still struggled last year. Yep. Yeah, they're gonna maybe they're gonna switch to that gap running game, and maybe a big game out of Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson, and both those guys can run the heck out of gap. If one of them just if, if one or both of them just starts breaking loose against the Cowboys defense early, this could cause you know the fans to riot against the Cowboys. They go into a shell, and then everybody questions the existence of football in Dallas. You know, like they usually do when the team loses one game. Um, but yep. overall. I mean, the Cowboys should win this game handily. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Cowboys changes on defense doesn't matter because this team is now built for speed, built for points. Uh, you know, okay, Jalen Ramsey on Amari Cooper, or maybe Amari Cooper kicks inside of the slot, and then uh, that's where Amari Cooper does a lot of damage. 
uh, welcome to the NFL CD lamb. And whoever it is is in the slot or somebody is going to face up with, I don't know who for the Rams. They bought Troy Hill who made them. It's interesting. They traded away Marcus Peters and Troy Hill really made that look like a good move until we saw Peters start to ball out for the Ravens. But Nicole Roby Coleman leaving might be the bigger deal. I mean, I guess Terrell Burgess, the third round safety can also play in the slot. They're going to have a competition for the slot. Obviously you're going to attack. Uh, Kellen Moore should have a, a game plan there on the Ram side. Yeah. It's often trying to find itself still, I think. Um, can we'll we see. have a, can yeah. we just, can we just randomly name a corner like for any team, just the way you did and yeah. just call them loud. I don't know who. And yeah, that exactly. can be like, he's going to be, be playing law. Exactly. <laughs> Lord, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And that Dude. could be, that could be the matchup of the week. You know, when it's by the way, random guy. By the way, Lord, I don't know who is also starting an inside linebacker for the Rams. Oh. <laughs> Double duty. Uh, <laughs> Twins. <laughs> exactly. 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 Wow. Okay. Monday night, twofer. Double dip. First one. Steelers at the Giants. You know, this could be fun just because Roethlisberger's it, back. Roethlisberger's back. You know, you've got this good, you've got a good offensive line. Um, and, and it's kind of again, still a David and Goliath kind of scenario with Saquon Barkley, you know, with his slingshot, Dave, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, trying to defeat the Goliath Steelers. And so this could be a, this could be a good matchup here, um, in terms of just intrigue. And and Barkley has the kind of skills to take over a game with a Steelers defense that at times can be yeah. undisciplined and over aggressive, and you can see some dynamic plays out of him. So that works out pretty well. And you know the receivers are healthy enough. This could be one of those games where Steelers fans are going to be doing their Yinzer deal on a regular basis, where it's like, oh my God, our season's going to be screwed. Mm. We almost lost to the Giants, um, but I think the Steelers prevail. In this yeah, game. remember the Steelers defense is, is a. A, you know, a, just a wrecking crew. I mean, they're just, they were dismantling teams last year. Yeah. Well, and, maybe, may, maybe David Gettleman with his big binder can like right, trip up Ben Roethlisberger, out. like right. right in the tunnel on the way out. Exactly. Or That's just drop it on his head or I don't know, something and, like that. And what are the Giants going to do on defense, really? I mean, they've got, they pray. Brad, but yeah, I mean, they don't have an outside, they don't have an edge rush to speak of. Yeah. Unless it's um, Xavier Jimenez and I don't think, um, or, oh, O'Shane Jimenez, but yes. I don't know if he's, much there and Williams hasn't done much and he's demanding to be paid like a defensive end, but he's playing. They're using him as a defensive tackle right. and all of that's a mess, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Steelers offensive line should at least feel good about themselves after that. And by the way, Xavier Jimenez would be the most awesome name because it's XX. I mean, with the that's XX uh, initials, it would I mean, be. That's it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Last game of the um, week one that we all hope we experience in early September. Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee go to Denver, mile high, uh, Drew Locke and the track team. I think the, you know, I think the track team could be so much fun this year, especially if they do go that two tight end look more often mm-hmm. and they split those guys out in the empty a lot and do some of the things that I think New England's going to do. And if that happens, it's going to, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The defense, I think, will be healthy. Um, I'm still going to, I'm going to give the edge to Denver in this one. Especially a mile high. I like, you know, I like what Tennessee has done in the past. Um, but I think this, I think Denver's going to be too healthy and Drew Locke is going to be, um, you know, and the offense is going to be good enough to be able to, to win this game. 
Yeah, so Denver's run defense is ready uh, yeah. for that one. So fun times to look forward to. We always look forward to Thursday nights with everybody. Love you in the chat room. Um, by the way, uh, I just got to show you um, the co-pilots. <laughs> he did the co-pilot <laughs> line. Michael Prince said, who's inflating the co-pilot? <laughs> uh, gold, man. Gold. The co-pilot thing's going to be, I mean, you, we got to write these all down somewhere. Like this, yeah, this should be all part of it. We need, we need, the, we need a, a, a gut check. You know, we need an off-season gut check about movies from our childhood and current incarnations of these characters in the NFL. Um, we like to incarnate this for everybody every week. We will get Cecil back, but we don't know if we need Cecil back as quickly, Matt, if you just do that once a week to to invoke him. <laughs> Call him in like a seance, you know. Cecil, come in and possess me. Um, so you possess us folks to put out uh, it's what we love, talking about football, thinking about football. We love to do it for you. We're happy to have more and more things to talk about. We're still going to be here. Um, so lots of things going on at Football Guys right now. If you you know, just check it out. Everything's flower petals are opening back up um, and uh, rankings and projections and articles and all trade values from Dan Hendry. Yeah. Dan Hendry's Hendry's dynasty work. I've heard more people talking to me about Dan Hendry's dynasty work this off season than anything else. People are like, when's he going to put up the next trade value chart? When's he going to do this? I'm getting calls. Like, can I get in touch with Dan Hendry to do a radio spot with him? So yeah, awesome stuff there thank you folks always we love you wear your mask wash your hands it's a wrap and that was the audible Oh, yeah, now I remember.